This is Beth Bruno, and you're listening to the Fierce and Lovely Podcast. I dream of a time when women rest in each other's presence without judgment, comparison, competition, or fear. When we are known and celebrated, when we lay down our shields of protection from the battle, but also from each other, when we can lament without shame and laugh without guilt, when we are one storyline, fierce and lovely women of God. Join me as I talk with fierce and lovely women from around the world. In today's episode, I talk with Lisa Van Angen, who is a parent and a teacher and the author of the newly released book and Social Justice for All, empowering families, churches, and schools to make a difference in God's world. I loved hearing more about Lisa's heart to raise awareness of injustice issues with the kids that are in her life, and I love that she's created an incredible resource for all of us who have kids in our lives. So whether you are a parent or a grandparent, a teacher, a youth group worker, um, you name it, this is an incredible resource for you. She covers all of the major injustice issues that we face in today's world and that break God's heart, and she translates it for us and for kids of all different ages. Um, So if you are interested at all in the things that we have been talking about in the Fierce and Lovely podcast, you will be incredibly interested in Lisa's new resource. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Lisa Van Engen. Hey, Lisa, welcome to the Fierce and Lovely podcast. Hi, Beth. Thanks so much for having me. I, I'm thrilled to talk with you about your new book. I cannot wait to get into that a little bit more. But before we do, since I don't know you at all, and I don't even know where you are in the country right now, can you just tell us a little bit about kind of who you are, where you are, what fills your days, and, and some of that personal stuff that we love to hear about? Sure. Um, I live in Holland, Michigan. So we're coming out of our deep freeze of winter right now, Um, and I am a mom to a 14-year-old daughter and an 11-year-old son, and currently I work at a K-8 school with Title I for um, reading and writing, so those are two things I love to do. So I love teaching them to kids, and I love kids, so it's kind of a perfect job for me. And I also love writing, which is where the book comes in. Tell me a little bit about what that means, um, Title I reading and writing K through 8. Does that mean you're with all different ages and you're kind of the literacy interventionist? Is, am I understanding that correctly? Or what do you do? Yeah, our school is a K through 8. I actually focus on third through fifth grade. And then I also do a little bit of first grade. And so we kind of push in and pull out of classrooms and work with kids um, on their reading skills and their writing skills and just really try to support kids that are struggling in the classroom. Well, Lisa, this new book that I've already introed to everybody, um, that you've just come out with, it it released in February. Yes. Am I correct? Yep. February 26th. Yep. And Social Justice for All. 
I would just love for you to perhaps first give us an overview, describe it to my listeners, but then I'd love to hear about where it came from for you and kind of the origin story of of a book like this because it's so unique. Yeah. So the book is really um, designed to be a resource for families or for churches or schools or any kind of group that works with kids about how to engage in different social justice issues in our world today, locally and globally. And just, I tried to make it really practical, just a lot of um, practical ideas and great things that are happening and, um, you know, facts and statistics to support what's going on with all these issues and um, discussion questions, just um, a lot of ways for people to get involved in making a difference. Um, The book actually came about, um, I was having a conversation with my friend Amy Sullivan, who is also an author, and she was telling me about a project that her daughter had done in middle school on human trafficking. And we were just kind of talking about how Um, There were a few parents in her daughter's class that were upset that they had talked about that topic. And we were talking about how how some of these um, social justice topics in our world are so hard to talk about with kids, but also how important it is for them um, to know what is going on and how to address it and how to start making a difference even at a young age. And so that's kind of where the book started. but looking back through my own life and the way God has worked it in, I've really seen how maybe this has been the book that he's been writing in me all along. Just some of my background. Mm. Um, my parents worked really with marginalized communities all through my growing up. And so I was really exposed to a lot of these um, issues from a really young age. And um, it's always been really important to me. So it was really neat to kind of see how, all that came together, maybe even in a way that I didn't really realize at the time. Well, there's certainly a lot of of background to like someone doesn't sit down and write a resource the way you have, which again we'll go into more in just a second, without so much going on in your heart for right. years, so much um, heartbreaking over you know various all the big topics that you cover. I mean. Tell me about a time when you first experienced a heartbreaking, like a wreckage moment over something that was happening um, to people in, in anywhere in the world that you were exposed to and just your heart broke over it. And can you name one of those first early Yeah, I think moments I can. Um, my mom worked in the public school system as a family advocate for at-risk families. And the county that I grew up in, in northern Michigan, um, has a lot of poverty in it. It's just a very rural um, kind of farming community. And I remember um, sitting in her office after school one day, maybe I was in middle school or late elementary, and one of her students was there waiting for her family to pick her up. And she Um, I was just sitting on the floor and she was coloring and um, showing me these pictures that she had made. And they actually ended up being pictures of some like child abuse that she had experienced. And um, so, I mean, I was very young and I 
saw those pictures and was interacting young girl and you know later my mom would need to talk to me about um what I had experienced and stuff and I think right away then I could feel God you know just opening up my heart to um kids who are going through difficult experiences and um really struggling so you know what stands out to me the most in that in that story is less about what you witnessed and more how your mom engaged you with it yes Right. How old do you think you were? I would guess I was maybe like fifth or sixth grade. I was pretty young. Okay. And your mom, instead, it sounds like instead of um, pushing it aside or trying to distract you or change the topic, sounds like she kind of went there with you. Yes, for sure. We were always, um, you know, they were always very open with us about um, what we were seeing and experiencing and people you know, coming to our house and needing help. And it was just always a very honest, real conversation with them about about what our lives look like. Mm. Do you think that has informed the way, like the heart you have to to go there with kids and to help them digest the world's pain that they're, they're seeing? Yeah, I think absolutely. Because you know, I've had a conversation with my parents since then, you know, did you feel worried that you were exposing us to, you know, too much too soon? And, you know, I think there there were those fears, but also it was just so much of our reality. There wasn't really any way around that. And now when I look back, I'm just, I'm so thankful because it completely has changed my life and changed the way that I look at things and look at other people and, you know, the empathy that I can feel for, people that are really struggling. And I'm so thankful that, that I was able to know that all those things from a young age, Mm -hmm. for sure. It's, you know, I feel like we have a similar um, storyline. My mom was also a family advocate in the public school system. Oh no, I didn't know that. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. She was, she was. And I, I remember just being around different families, you know, that that had become her friends, but lived a really different lifestyle than we did or than my friends were living. I was, I often felt caught in between two worlds because I I played sports or was in classes with a lot of kids who were upper, upper middle class. And I felt like they were out of reach. And then my mom was friends and spent a lot of time with families who were, you know, lower middle class, if not in poverty. And I just... I appreciate the exposure. It definitely shaped where I ended up as an adult. But as a child, I remember being just experiencing that tension and often wondering, well, where, where do we fit in? You know, what does that look like for us? So have you, tell me about you and your kids. So they're 14 and 11 right now, but at what point did you begin to to kind of realize, hey, I'm parenting them in this certain way. Like we're talking about hard things and we're we're doing hard things together because my heart has broken for the marginalized. And um, like, tell me a little bit about what that has looked like for you as a mom. Yeah, I think it has, you know, looked a lot like having those hard conversations and talking about it at the family dinner table. Um, I love books and I think they're a great way to introduce kids to some of these really difficult topics. So definitely reading and going to the library and grabbing books like that and 
um, grabbing books that have a lot of diversity in them and um, just kind of letting them be a part of our lives. My husband does a lot of work with immigrants and refugees and just talking about like what we're doing at work or what we're doing in our daily lives. And it's just funny how much kids kids are so smart and they absorb so much. And I remember once my daughter was pretty young and I was downstairs doing laundry and I saw this like easel we had and she had written, um, welcome the immigrants and had like drawn a picture. And I asked her about it and she was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, um, doing some things that, you know, dad's probably going to want to see and stuff that she was working on that day for art. So it's just funny that kids, you know, they, they hear and they see and they are watching what we're doing. And so just letting them be a part of that is huge, I think. Let's talk a little bit about one particular um, issue. You, you started by saying Amy Sullivan's daughter yes. was writing about human trafficking. And it, for any listener who's listened to, you know, more than one of my podcasts, they'll know that that's my background. That's, um, and my and a passion that I still have. I've had several, probably four or five guests on who are in the anti-trafficking world and leading in different ways. So, your your book covers so many incredible topics. Um, but let's talk just specifically about the human trafficking one because the question I am often asked, which Amy Sullivan was obviously asked by other parents in her daughter's classroom, is when and how do we begin to talk about this with our children. When is too young? Even Sunday, I was doing a presentation and the question at the end from an older, I think he was a granddad, that question of when do I start talking about this with my kids, with my grandkids? And how how have you wrapped your mind around that? Like navigating when and how to start talking about tough topics, but especially ones that are probably even a little bit more sensitive, like sex trafficking. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, human trafficking, sex trafficking is probably one of the hardest ones to broach with kids. Um, And I think every family is probably going to be different about when they decide that's okay. and, And that's totally a good and normal thing, I think. But I think in my book, in that chapter, I kind of start, you know, at a young age, I think you can really start talking about, you know, slavery and freedom and what those things mean and what it looks like to not have that freedom. And then they kind of have that basis of knowledge from a young age, what that looks like. And then as they get older, um, you can start to introduce what those different kinds of trafficking look like. And, you know, even for my own daughter, I think it's, it's hard to talk about, but I, I've learned through working at the school too. Kids are going to learn things a lot earlier than maybe what we anticipate or hope for. And even for their own safety, it's a good idea for them to know about, you know, these, these things that are happening to people all around the world and um, how we can Mm -hmm. respond. So can you share a little bit about that? Like that chapter is a um, great template for all your chapters because they're all formatted right. similarly. So kind of walk us through how you begin to engage the topic with with the adult reader and then the ways that you're, you know, pro- the activities and the books and the 
the ways to engage kids at different ages, let's use human trafficking as the sample topic, but kind of walk us through what what one of those chapters Okay, is yeah, like. they, they are really structured all the same, but I kind of just start with um, kind of just over an overview, understanding what the issue is and just kind of calling together some different scripture and different statistics and just kind of have forming a basis of understanding of um, the issue. And then, you know, we look at some global concerns, things that are happening in our world globally, then things that might be happening more locally, um, especially with human trafficking. You know, I, I always envisioned it as something that was happening um you know, across our continent or in a different place in the world, but really it's just, it's happening so close to home too. So we always look at the, you know, what's happening next door to us as well. And then in all the chapters, I like to end with some hope, some good things that are happening in our world and some hopeful things that are happening in with these social justice issues. Oh, I just was going to say that's so um, important, right? And we don't often end with hope or we don't often lift our eyes to, to hope. What is God doing in the world to, to, you know, to address this as well? Like, where's the goodness in it all? It's easy to get overwhelmed by the darkness, um, and discouraged and despair, but to look at, to look at the good, I think that's such an important aspect. And I think, you know, it's hard to know where to start sometimes, but but knowing and seeing all these things that are happening, you know, we don't have to reinvent all the time. We can be coming alongside and lifting up some people that have been, you know, working in these fields for a long time and could use support. And, and I, I like that part of hope too. And then what do you provide after that? You kind of go through age specific questions. Yeah. So I have, um, our our discussion questions, Bible study, and then lots of activities for kids. And I do it in three sections, ages 3 to 6, ages 7 to 11, and then ages 12 and up. And so there's discussion questions, there's um, a Bible passage, and then lots of ways to kind of explore the issue more through play and through art and through, you know, any books and play activities, just all kinds of different ways that um, kids and families can work together to learn more about the issue. And then we also include um, ways to challenge and extend awareness at home and um, just a lot of ideas for um, practical ideas for making a difference. That is really where your teacher heart shines is in the, like all of the ideas that you provide of like hands-on activities, art activities, all of the, you've cultivated, like you've, you've curated so many resources. It's incredible. (laughs) So I, you (laughs) you know, it it kind of feels like a curriculum. Um, It's, it's like a great marriage of of a book and a and curriculum resource. Right. And I know that's your intention is that teachers and educators and church, you know, staff would be able to utilize it in their work with kids. Yes, yeah. I do hope though. And I know everyone is so busy. I I really hope to, you know, do some of that work to get it all in one spot. So it's not as hard to um present those issues. 
So read off some of the chapters so that everybody has a sense of the topics that you're covering. Yeah. So we do, I have clean water, creation care, disabilities, um, education, fair trade, families, healthcare, human trafficking, hunger, immigrants and refugees, peace, poverty, race, and then the last chapter is just being a change maker in general. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm so happy, Lisa. It's like, a, first of all, it's like my entire grad school distilled into one book for kids. <laughs> I, That's awesome. <laughs> I uh, went to grad school for international community development, and those were the topics we studied. Yeah. So I love that you're you're just addressing all of those major, major issues, but that you have done the work for us parents or us, you know, who have kids in our lives in any way, because you have gone out and found all of the books that are written to all the different age groups. And you've found, you know, all these different activities and thought through like the learning objectives of how how you would tie that together and what would be the outcome for the kid and what connections would be made. And I mean, all of that just right there, all prepared, you know, for anybody to pick up. So yes, we're all busy. And yes, the enormity of the globe's problems is daunting, but you have provided some real bite-size ways of of exposing our kids to what's what's really going on. I, I love it. Thank you so much. Yes. I, I'm going to transcribe all that for my Amazon review for you. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. <laughs> um, seriously, though, in my in my newsletter last month, I actually wrote, I highlighted your book. I said, this is the book that I would have wanted to have written. It's <clears throat> when I was going through grad school, I had such a hard time translating all that I was learning for my kids who at the time right. were let's see, like eight, five, and two. And so they were little, but I I knew that they needed to be exposed to to this, and I just didn't know how to translate it. And I actually started a blog called Justice in the Kitchen, Digesting uh, Justice in Bite-Sized Chunks, because I would find that it would be, you know, while I'm cooking dinner, we'd have a five-minute conversation about something. And course that's all of all their little attention span could handle but i have to believe that those were seeds that were being planted right yes, and would grow absolutely yeah yeah what what advice do you have for for parents who perhaps addressing global issues is is new and right. getting into some of these heavy topics would be new for them as adults let alone for their conversation with kids, like what kind of advice do you have? Yeah, I think, um, you know, be really gentle and kind to yourself. We don't have all the answers and it's okay to learn alongside our kids, I think. And I think they appreciate that when we come to them and say, you know, I don't know, you know, the perfect answer to this, but let's talk about it and let's learn about it together. And I think there's kind of a freedom in that. And Also to just be encouraged that kids are super resilient and they're curious and creative and compassionate and they want to know. And if you're not talking to them about these things, they're going to figure it out in a different way. And, you know, we want to be a part of that. And um, 
I think what comes from that is really beautiful ways that families and churches and school classrooms can really feel like they're making a difference together. And that's kind of life changing in itself. And so just having the courage to go there, I think, opens up a whole new world that kind of brings joy that that we can be a part of making things better. I I appreciate that, that the first part of just letting your kids know you may or may not have the answers and right. let's let's go on this journey together. Yes. Is that vulnerability and humility I think is is crucial for our kids to to receive from us. Mm-hmm. So what has it been like for your oldest? Um you know, my book is about my oldest daughter. And I just wonder, right. has there been any pressure that she has felt to live out what you wrote about in the book? Do, do you know what I mean? Right. Where I'm going with that? Like, what has that been like for you and her? Yeah. Um, she's been really excited about it and, you know, really curious about the whole process. And she was really involved in my launch party. We had a bunch of nonprofits come together and families come and learn about them and do some projects with them. And she did the photo booth at it. And um, she's just a very kind of natural leader and cares about these topics too. So I, I don't know if she's felt pressure from it. I think she's felt some excitement from it. Um, Is there one or two that she champions kind of more than another that, that she's kind of decided this, this one really is my thing. This is what I'm most passionate about. Yeah. I'm not sure if she has one or another that she's super passionate about. She really loves, um, she had a really special third grade teacher. And so um, I think she's really passionate about education and um, reaching kids in that way. So maybe I would say that one right now, but it'll be fun to see, you know, how God continues to develop and use her and her gifts for sure. I've seen that with my youngest, who's almost 13. She watched, um, I am Malala or we read, I am Malala. She watched, he named me Malala. And that early, that was a couple years ago. And I think the exposure to lack of girls' education um, through Malala opened her eyes in this, you know, to this social injustice. And she ended up turning papers into that topic. And her fifth grade speech was about that. And her, you know, fifth grade final end of the year summative project was about it. Like, you're so right in that our kids are absorbing And so the question is, what information are we presenting to them to absorb? And how do we make sure that they're exposed to the kinds of things that we want them to to catch? And not I'm not saying everything's gonna land and become the thing they champion, but but what are we putting out there for them to begin to explore like what what am I gonna care about? And how has God wired me to intersect with this particular problem in the world. So I, I'm I'm all for that, like just putting our kids close to the fire if we expect them to, you know, ever put out the flame of, of yeah, social that's injustice a issues. A they, beautiful they've way gotta, to describe it. Yeah. 
and they rise to the occasion so beautifully. I think they, they just, kids just have a way of looking at things that kind of melts away other people's fear about them or, um, you know, it just makes people listen when a young person is sharing their heart. So how have you seen this play out as a teacher in a public school? I assume it's a public school. So how have you been able to incorporate some of this into your own teaching? I know you're not in a classroom. You've probably been able to influence the books that (laughs) some of the kids are reading at the very least. (laughs) And some of the curriculum we use actually has, you know, a lot of really great, there's a little series in one of the books that we read with the kids that's like a change maker series. So um, it has a lot of stories of people that are making a difference in the world and they love those stories. You can just kind of see the light bulbs go on in their mind when they're reading them. Um, it just it just gets them thinking. And um, the school that I work with also has, you know, it's a very diverse school. There's a lot of different races and ethnicities there. And I think that's kind of, it inspired some of the book too, because I've just been able to really witness and see them work together in such a cool way and be interested in each other's cultures and their home life and their backgrounds. And it's just really cool to see because kids just, you know, oftentimes, especially when they're younger, they don't really have, you know, any biases built up in them. And it's just, it's been a really beautiful thing to witness that every day as well. Well, Lisa, I, I love how fitting this is for the the name of the podcast, Fierce and Lovely, because it's just so beautifully encompasses us joining God to fight injustice and doing so in a way that brings forth life and beauty. And I'm just curious as we close out, how how do you see that playing out in your own life, the fierce and the lovely? That's such a good question. Um, Personally, I'm a very kind of quiet behind the scenes person. And this work has really stretched me and made me have to speak up a little bit more and use my voice in ways that make me nervous. And it's just been really cool to see God use that. And I hope it can be an encouragement to other people, you know, no matter what you're doing. And so many of us are really in the trenches and are doing things that aren't, you know, they're not going to be spread over social media and you're not going to win an award for them. But God is using them so deeply and it's making such a difference in our world that I hope people will be encouraged that, you know, whatever contribution you're making is, is huge and, and God is there and he is working through it. Thank you for that encouragement (laughs) for all of us. (laughs) Um, And, you know, you've really provided so many of those small ways in your book. Thank you for being on the show. I will, in the show notes, people can find you and find the book and, and go out and order it and start using it with their own kids or their classroom or Sunday school or whatever. It's a great resource. Thank you so much. Thanks for being on the show today. I love hearing from women who have brought together their passion and their experience to create a a great resource that we all get to benefit from. I love that Lisa is stepping out of her comfort zone in order to bring forth this message to each of us. And so whether you're a parent or a grandparent, a teacher, a youth group leader, uh, whatever age kid is in your life this would be an amazing resource for you. Uh, Walking through all of these different injustice issues that break God's heart and thinking through ways to engage 
kids of different ages around those topics uh, is just incredible. So check it out in the show notes if you are interested in learning more about Lisa or her book. Uh, Thanks so much for joining us in this conversation. This is Beth Bruno, and you've been listening to the Fierce and Lovely Podcast.